we decided to roll the dice and build this virtual showroom. And at the same time, pair that with bringing customers to our headquarters, the value of those two married together is really important. The virtual showroom allows us to quickly change out all of our designs and colors and materials and show them at scale and show them in an abstract way, but also in a very realistic, you know, beautiful boutique hotel. And then on the flip side, having our customers visit us here, they can see that everything we do is by hand. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Trend Report podcast where we have real conversations with real people about all things contract interiors. My name is Sid Meadows, and I'm your host. I'm a business strategist and certified professional coach and a longtime student of the office furniture industry. And I'm excited that you're joining us today. And my hope is that you will gain some insights, inspiration, and motivation that will help you grow and your business grow. So let's dive into today's conversation. The Trend Report is proudly sponsored by The Insider, a weekly newsletter delivering a quick dose of insights to get your Monday off to a well-informed start. The Insider combines meaningful industry perspective with recommended reads and product solutions, offering valuable intelligence and inspiration to anyone working in commercial interiors. To learn more about The Insider or to subscribe for free, please visit indeal.org slash The Insider. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Trend Report. I'm glad you're joining us today for what I know is going to be a really fascinating and formative conversation with my guest. But before we dive into that, I want to just take just a quick minute and just ask you if you have a minute, if you haven't already done so, head over to Apple iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. It really helps our show in the reach and the discovery. So if you haven't done yet, we'd love for you to do that. And as you know, if you're a frequent listener, I do read the ratings and the reviews on air. So we'd welcome you to come join us and be part of that community as well. And with that, let's welcome today's guest, Carly Slocum. Hey, Carly, how are you? Hi, Sid. I'm good. How about you? I'm doing great. And I'm really excited about this conversation because I love talking to people that are braving or blazing a new trail, doing new things, and really showing our industry what's possible with tools and technology. And you are doing that. And so I would love it if you take a moment and tell us who you are, what you do, and where you work. Yeah, so I am Carly Slocum. I am now VP of Product and Marketing. The product portion is fairly new to my title. <laughs> my background is all in marketing, on B2B marketing. I have focused most of that time since I graduated college really on bringing more of that digital technologies into a B2B world. I truly believe we can be more B2C and learn a lot from how those organizations work with their customers and make it easier on our end for people to do business with us. Okay. That's all great. But you know what you forgot? You forgot to tell us the name of your company. Oh my goodness. Ah. Oh, it's all Freeform. good. It's all good. Sorry, Win. I'm from Threeform. <laughs> so you're the, the vice president of product and marketing at Threeform, and you're our second guest from Threeform. Jennifer Ruckel was on with us. She's the vice president of sales, probably back in 2021. I honestly should have looked up the actual episode, but glad to have you here because Again, I think you're going to bring a perspective and share information with us about something you guys are working on that I think is really cool. But before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about your background. You said you'd worked in a different B2B industries, and this is your first, if I remember correctly, entree into the furniture world, right? 
Yeah, but I have to say it's been my favorite so far. So <laughs> we like uh, that, and you'll you'll see why in a minute. So I started at uh, an HR tech is what they call it now. Okay, um, but it was really like a job board. So it was at CareerBuilder.com, and there we really were pushing ahead. Like Facebook had just become a thing. Social media was new. We were pretty cutting edge even at the time of using social media, figuring out how to leverage it, especially as it sort of evolved and brands could get on board, figuring out how to, you know, target people and use social media to uh, connect, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in that world with jobs. And then I moved into biotech. And there, it was really interesting because not only is it B2B, but it was in the medical industry, which really hadn't leveraged many digital platforms, a lot of it out of security concerns, privacy Mm -hmm. concerns. So there was a lot of really interesting learnings I had there in trying to push us forward to becoming more tech savvy and using just digital opportunities to connect with patients, connect with doctors, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And then I came over to 3Form about three and a half years ago. And a lot of why they asked me to come on board was because of this background in digital and just kind of trying to push forward and think differently about how we connect with our customers and their end users and what that might do for our business. So I appreciate that. I'm always interested to learn how people got into our industry. And I know my listeners will agree that we're really glad you're hanging out with us and that it's your favorite by far because most of us come in and get into the industry and we never leave. And that's because it is a really fun place, a little really fun industry to work in and be part of. And one of the things I enjoy most about it is how it's evolving. I think over the last, let's say, three to five years, I think our industry is really taking big steps forward. Now we're being pushed a little bit and I think being pulled a little bit as well with some transitions or transformations as we might talk about them. But the term digital is something that we are paying attention to, but I don't know we're paying attention to it enough. So I would really welcome your thoughts about why is having a digital strategy important to a business, whether it's a manufacturer, a dealer, or an independent rep? Why do you think that having that strategy is important? Yeah, I mean, and you know, I, I think this goes back to the beginning of my career. It's about going where people live, work, and play is what we had always said for many years. And that just evolves, right? And you know, in 2005, it was all social media and that's where you interact with people. But that continues to evolve on what platforms are your customers at? What platforms can you use to really connect with them? And then even more so the sort of different ways that you connect with different types of people on those platforms. Because you say, well, you know, you're obviously going to interact with somebody differently on LinkedIn versus, Mm -hmm. you know, another social media platform like Instagram or what you're doing with your website and SEO. And those are all sort of basic components of like what we've been using tool-wise for marketing for a long time. I'm I'm more excited about really how a lot of this, I think, set the stage for the future mm-hmm. and what this may look like in the in the years to come where you can actually connect to people, connect with people differently and even more engaging. You know, it's a little bit one way sometimes and it feels even though it's more connectivity than it has been, it's not necessarily like a one-on-one personalized journey with a company or a mm-hmm. person, right? And so I think that a lot of these, a lot of the technology and a lot of the approaches are sort of laying the foundation for some really cool things that could happen in the future. Sure. I think a lot of it's 
not defined yet. It's it's like, you know, hard to even define what the metaverse is or like web three. It's but I think the more that you dabble in trying to build different ways to engage with your customers, the more set up you will be to kind of embrace some of those technologies and figure out how do you utilize them for your brand that makes sense for your brand. Absolutely. And I think that's a key point. What makes sense for your brand, right? And you touched on the metaverse and Web3, and that's like a whole nother rabbit hole that we could go down and talk for hours about what's possible. But I want to go back for a second. And I think what you highlighted about digital strategies is that it started out as social media. That was the original digital strategy. How do we use Facebook, then Instagram, and then LinkedIn, right? And I'm not sure they came in that order, but there was MySpace before that and all that stuff, right? But I think then you added websites and having a digital strategy today is about a lot more than just social media, than just having a website. This is a digital strategy. Being on a podcast, hosting a podcast, being a guest on a podcast is part of a digital strategy because it's not an in-person event, right? You listen on a phone or on a device or on a website. So digital strategies are bigger than what most people immediately go to, which is social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, in the early them. days, yeah, in the early days, it was you know some basic website optimization, social media, email marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, then retargeting sort of entered the game, and you've got. But but you're right; it's evolved into where you have these really great platforms for you know video or mm-hmm. for audio, and and I think that. The future to me is like, okay, at one, at some point, all these really cool technologies will converge and will create sort of these different environments that different companies, different brands, different people can utilize to connect with their audience. Well, and you just talked about one of my favorites, uh, which is video. And I think as an industry, it's something we have not really embraced. And I'm not talking about long form video that's got a pre-roll and then an in-roll and it's all professionally done. What I'm really talking about is that short form video in the vertical format now almost on any platform that people consume like mad. Mm-hmm. I mean, short, less than a minute content. And I know as my listeners are, I know as you guys are thinking, oh, that can be really hard. It actually, it's easy it's challenging, but it also can be a lot of fun and drive a tremendous amount of engagement if we leaned into video in a way that brought people into the world that we that we live in every day. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, video is something that we've used at 3Form for quite a while, but it's evolved, right? Yep. And so we used to do these like beautiful product videos and we still do. But mm-hmm. I would say that really where we get the most views are on things like TikTok and Instagram Reels. Mm-hmm. And What's been really fun about those platforms is that I think you can bring your personality and your culture across so much better than these like super produced like, you know, videos that were beautiful, but you didn't really feel necessarily connected to the environment, you know, that that where that product is created. And so we kind of just dove in. We've done a lot of TikToks. It's hit or miss on whether they get many views, but I do think it shows our personality. I think we've been able to have a lot of fun. I think the three-form culture lends us to just experimentation and innovation mm-hmm. and being willing to kind of throw something out there and and it not necessarily always be like, well, this is specific to 
our brand. It's showcasing different people and different parts of our company and just being fun. You know? Yeah. And I, you, you hit on something then experiment. Don't be afraid to experiment with what it is you're trying to do. And maybe you don't get a viral video, not that any of us would, but maybe you don't get a viral video. Maybe you only get 50 people that engage in the video, but what if 25% or let's say half of them, let's even get 25 of the 50 that engage in the video were specifiers or were your ideal customer. And all of a sudden they reached out to you because they saw this funny video that gave them a glimpse of who you are as a company and your culture. And they're like, Hey, I really want to engage with this. This is a fun group. This is a dynamic group. Let me reach out or let me go do more research. So don't be afraid to experiment with what works. And it's okay to step outside that proverbial box and try something new and different. Wouldn't you agree? Totally. And I I think if you don't, you're going to get left behind. And I think it's okay, especially how quickly, you know, you can post a tweet and it's gone in two seconds, right? right? Like you can post a TikTok and nobody really really sees it, but it allows you to play around with the platform. It allows you to understand how to use it so that as those platforms evolve and new ones come in, you have a much better grasp on how to use them and how you might be able to leverage them for your brand versus never touching them. Sure. So I, I think that's hugely important. And we're doing that in a number of different ways like we just built our first virtual showroom all right i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna stop you there because i want to jump into that real okay. <laughs> quick actually because what you what we talked about previously was that you guys have been on this digital journey and you really been trying to figure out ways to connect with customers that are maybe a little bit different and you said let's make this decision you um you guys is three form made this decision and what was the first decision that you made? As far as digital as a whole or? No, that prompted the virtual showroom. What was the first decision that you made? Yeah. So, I mean, we participated in NeoCon for years, NYC Dubai Design, like a number of shows. And I think one of the things that we had to grapple with is we're a fairly well-known brand, or at least I like to think so. And then you are. But on the flip side, we're a small manufacturer. We don't have like the type of dollars to spend like a large furniture company. Mm -hmm. And so when um, push comes to shove, you kind of have to look at like, okay, if we think about our business and what we do are all these materials. And the hard part is you can do anything with our materials. So, which is great. But on the flip side, it becomes difficult to translate that to a customer who, you know, it just seems almost mind blowing of like all the things Mm -hmm. you could do. So when we were faced with what, whether we renew our lease at Neocon or do we go in a different direction where we have invest in a virtual showroom and then we also invest in more personal visits by our customers to our Salt Lake City facility, um, we really had to weigh it out. And it was difficult. It was a hard decision. Quite frankly, I'd love to be involved in Neocon moving forward at some level, right? Regardless yep. of whether we have a huge showroom or not. I think there's a lot of value to that. But when we had to weigh our options, we decided to roll the dice and and build this virtual showroom. And at the same time, pair that with bringing customers to our headquarters. And I think the value of those two married together is really important. The virtual showroom allows us to quickly change out all of our designs and colors and materials and show them at scale and show them in an abstract way, but also in a very realistic, like in a mm-hmm. you know beautiful boutique hotel. And then on the flip side, having our customers visit us here, they can see that everything we do is by hand. Like sure. every 
sheet that we lay up in our factory is done meticulously by hand and made to order. So you don't really grasp that when you're at a trade show, but pairing those two together, I think really allows you to experience the breadth of our materials, but then Mm -hmm. visit us and see kind of the unique bespoke aspect of our, of our materials as well. So two things that I picked up here in that, and thank you for that explanation. I think it was fantastic is a trade show, whether it's Neocon or a regional trade show or ICFF in New York or whatever it might be, healthcare design, whatever it might be, only gives you the opportunity to show a small sampling of your product in a very specific way, right? In your case, it's samples, little three by three squares or chips, right? For a furniture manufacturer, it may be only one piece of a hundred different pieces that they have. And so that was one aspect of it. The expense associated with it to look at I love Neocon as well, so we'll pick on Neocon for just a moment. It's a three-day event. Actually, it's a two-day event. And so you get a very small window of time to actually introduce people to your product if they come to your floor, if they were intentional about it, or they see you and they want to stop by, right? And it's limited. We're leaning into a digital strategy, in this case with the virtual showroom, it became unlimited, mm-hmm. where anybody could visit any time of the day, 24-7, literally anyone from around the world. And not only can they see small samples, they actually get to see real life installations so that they can see what the pattern of the leaf looks like on the full four by eight sheet of paper married side by side. So now all of a sudden they have a better experience, which was the really the thing I was after. What you've done is focused on creating a dynamic customer experience that helps the customer build your brand and also helps grow your revenue. That's right. And I think, uh, and again, I think you have to go back to what are you selling? (laughs) You know, what are you producing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, furniture manufacturers may always need to have some place where somebody feels and and sits down on their furniture. Mm -hmm. For us, you don't sit on our materials, right? They're partitions, they're art pieces, they're tabletops. And so really what we try to communicate is how does this color or this design interact with light? And how is it going to create a space that allows the light in, but it enhances, you know, the surroundings and makes people want to be there. You you know, that is something you can accomplish in a virtual world, whereas maybe other brands are going to grapple with that because people are going to want to touch and feel it a little bit more and they can't necessarily get that out of a sample. First off, what was the process here how long did it take you to create the virtual server and describe it just a little bit? I think you've given us a little bit of a glimpse. I have a disadvantage or I have an advantage over our listeners. I've actually seen it and we will put in the links uh, in the show notes, a link to go out there and check it out so everybody can see it. But talk to us a minute about that journey. Like how long did it take you once you said, this is what we're going to do to get it up and going? Yeah. I mean, first we had to figure out like, what is the concept? And Mm -hmm. we had two really big, uh, I guess, opportunities that we wanted to pursue. So one was how do we educate our end users on the different types of materials we have? Because we have Varia, which is perfect for partitions, chroma for tabletops, glass, Mm -hmm. so on and so on. So we decided to create this like hub is what we call it. It's kind of a museum of materials. And so it's there that you can walk through sort of this museum and see things that are heat formed, see color, see how light is transmitting through those panels. But I think even more importantly was the other experience, which is you can go to, right now we have a healthcare building that's live. Mm 
we are working on our hospitality building. So we cut, we call it a campus. So you start in this like hub where Mm -hmm. you learn and understand the materials, but you can quickly navigate over to a healthcare building that shows exactly how, you know, designers specify our materials today. So reception desks, you know, parti- what, you know, partitions blocking off waiting rooms, headwalls, like all of these different ways that our products are commonly used. And the idea being there is a designer doesn't have a lot of time, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. crunched for time. So if they can hop over there and be like, oh, I see how this is done in this reception desk. I'm going to click here and this is all I need. This is exactly what I need to specify. It makes it super easy to go sure. down that journey. And so ideally in the future... I just wanted to like give them exactly what it is. They could even pop in their own panel and they can download that, put it into their, you know, into Revit or CAD and be able to go from there. But yeah, we just wanted to be really realistic. And so we built out healthcare. We've got hospitality coming in the next two months. We're going to do education, corporate, a number of the uh, typical sort of vertical markets that we are satisfied in. So. You took the approach of let's educate the community, the consumer. And in your case, that could be an end user, a designer, an architect, or an officer and your dealer, for that matter, that wanted to use your product. So you took the opportunity to educate them, and then you start showing them real-life examples in a digital format that have light coming in different ways. You can add – you can do different lighting in the ceiling to see what it looks like, how it reflects. And you're also showing applications – now, real life where maybe they had not thought about using one of your products on a headwall, or maybe they hadn't thought about putting it on a desktop or whatever the case may be. And now you're showing that to them, which spawns ideas and creativity by your ideal customers, which is fantastic. And you're building out more and more and more of these. And so I really love the approach. And you've also made it easy to for them to order a sample, right? They see something they like. While they're there, they can quickly go and do it, correct? That's right. Yeah. You can land on something and there's, you know, if it's within a product, so hardware and the material, you can click on it, go right to the material and just order samples off our website. They're free. Of course, we're on Material Bank, so you can go there. But the virtual showroom takes you right to our website to order free samples or and or you can click on it and go to the product page where it's the whole solution. Sure. And you can just download the Revit files and then go from there and start designing out your space. So. That's a very easy customer experience. They don't have to stop and try to chat with you. If you guys have a chat bot on your website, I don't know if you do or not, or have to try to call you or reach out to their sales rep. They can do everything right there. And I think for me, what's important is they can do it at their own pace when they want to at their own time. So maybe they're doing it during during the workday. Maybe they're not. Maybe they you know, fed their family, put their kids to bed or whatever their case may be. And they decide, let me go and look at this and let me pick out some finishes and they can do it at 10 o'clock at night if they want to. And we know the world of digital people work around the clock doing a variety of different things. So now it's open to everybody versus a two and a half for a three day event where you can only see a limited, a limited example. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, I've been building digital journeys basically my whole mm-hmm. life. And I think regardless of whether it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, one of the things you always designed for were the different types of people that you work with. And our reps are fantastic. Our reps are what makes three form go around. I think where we have to figure out and where we're trying to meet people at is when do they want to interact with a rep, if at all. They sure. may call a rep right out the gate. Great. But we can also take them down this digital journey and get them pretty close to where they want to be and and engage a rep when they're ready to, you know. And Mm -hmm. so they may get all the way through the process and not need a rep at all. 
you know, or they may get to a certain point and they're like, you know, I just want to make sure I'm getting the right gauge or finish. And so I think the important part of a digital journey is making sure that people can enter and exit in ways that they want to work with you and make it frictionless. Those are such great points, especially the last one. Make it frictionless. So I love what you're doing. And I know that there are a lot of people that are engaging with you, but can you tell us a little bit, Carly, about what's the impact been so far? Like what kind of results are you seeing since you made this change? I think some of the the biggest results is that we can pair this with our launches and we can give this as an additional tool. So we just had a big color launch and um, it's our new 2023 colors of the year. And the great part is, is it's another asset where we can update the showroom to show the new colors. And then when we talk about our color collection, we show it through samples, we show it through photography. And then it's like, hey, go check it out in the virtual showroom and see what it looks like in these different solutions. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, go get your free samples. And so I think that one, it's already had a good impact today, but I'm kind of more excited about what we're going to do in the future because we're also building tools on our website to quickly visualize, you know, our 750 patterns within our different hardware systems. Again, it's about seeing scale, translucency, and, you know, showrooms today are still sort of static. Like you go in there, you design out a space and then, you know, you can kind of change it up, but you can't today have a consumer go in and say, well, I want to design this room. It doesn't work Mm -hmm. that way yet. So we're pairing that with more of a design tools that are have been available in B2C sort of environments for a while. Um, we're actually using the same software as Crate and Barrel is. So I'm not sure. Oh, wow. That, okay. <laughs> and the idea being is that, you know, you don't even have to leave our website. You can go on, find a pattern, a color you really love, see it in a hardware solution, see what color of finish, uh, hardware finish you want, and then download everything you need and go from there. Mm-hmm. And again, only really need to interact with a rep on if you really have additional questions. I think for us, kind of the biggest barrier I'm trying to break is that we have a perception that we're all custom. Mm -hmm. um, And with that comes an idea that we're very expensive and that we have these long turnaround times. And the reality is, is we have these really great standard products that fit and solutions that fit a lot of applications. And so I want people to be able to experience that without like, the friction of having to pick up the phone, of having to call a rep, of mm-hmm. having to, you know, completely customize their own design. They can start with what we've got and then go from there. So I think it's almost that, like you have two buttons, right? First button says yeah. see our quick ship program. Second button says see, see our custom program. And they can choose whichever one they want to. Sid, that's exactly where we're going. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Because some people need it quickly, right? Some people yep. are willing to wait. But again, I think you're meeting the customer where they are. You're giving them the tools that they need. And you're saying, hey, you're debunking the myth that we're expensive and long lead time by showing them, hey, we do have in-stock quick ship products that ship really fast, but we also have our longer lead time products. So you're showing them, again, educating them and allowing them to do it on their own pay at their own pace at their own time. And then the other thing you've said a couple of times that I really, really appreciate is removing the friction from the process. There's a lot of friction in our industry. There's a lot of back and forth. And now you're giving the specifier, the dealer, the end user, that control to say, I will reach out because you're giving me everything here. I will reach out to you. 
when we need to reach out to you if we are needing additional information or samples or whatever else? Yeah, and I think that the other key part of this is pricing. So what this... Are you putting pricing on your website? Yes. In linear foot or square foot? It's actually, we sell by panel. By panel. So, so it's the, yeah. the, the, so the four, four by eight, eight panels? Panel so I'm asking too many technical panel. questions. Yeah, that's all right. You're putting the the panel up there. So you're putting the pricing out there, which is something that our industry has really, really not wanted to do and push back on, especially in a B2B position because it it feels more B2C to see the price there, right? So you're putting it front and center. Yeah. And the so the visualization tool, I think it's twofold. It's one, it allows somebody to see exactly the, you know, the pattern and color and the panel and the, the aesthetic that they're looking for, but the price, because mm-hmm. as soon as we do that, you can now filter by, well, what can I get quickly and less expensively? Mm-hmm. Or I'm looking for some huge showpiece, you know, like, I don't care how expensive it is. Like you can start really narrowing down your decisions that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's very similar to what you mentioned about quick turnaround. Like we have some hardware finishes that, you know, we can turn around in two weeks there's others that take eight weeks. If sure. you're a designer, you want to know that. But I think price transparency is huge. I think there is a connotation that when you can't see price, you assume it's too expensive, yep. right? Or you assume it's got this huge price tag. And mm-hmm. the reality is, is we have a pretty wide spectrum of materials, some that are really, really affordable and not near of what people would expect. And some that, of course, are on the higher end of things, right? The whole spectrum. And so I think it just helps people make choices, you know? So I love that you're using your website for all of this because that's the home base, if you will, for everything. That's where they go to start on this this virtual showroom journey. What is or are there gateways? Because I understand that lead capture is so very important. And putting that name and that email address in, it's like somebody saying, in my opinion, it's kind of like the golden ticket of marketing and sales. (laughs) They're saying they've been to your website. And they've said, I'm interested in this, or I want to buy this. And they give you their name, their email address, and their phone number. Mm -hmm. So what point do you have the gateways or do you have any gateways? That's a big one. So I think, uh, and lead generation is actually a lot of my background. Sure. Marketing, which makes Mm -hmm. sense, right? I think for us, you know, we have a couple of different gateways. The biggest one is somebody showing interest in our samples Mm -hmm. and ordering samples. And they do that, like I mentioned, either on our website or Material Bank. To me, that shows the most interest. Correct. I think what the, a lot of what we're trying to do internally is help our reps understand when and how to interact with somebody. Mm-hmm. So if they're on the really early like concept design phase, they need a different interaction than somebody who's in the specification phase. Sure. And maybe, and even within that, there's nuances. So mm-hmm. I think the biggest opportunity we have is to figure out when we get these leads from different sources and thinking about the quality of those leads. So if somebody orders a sample, it's much different than if somebody just signs up for a newsletter. We treat them very differently, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the other big aspect of this is when you've been in an organization where your um, reps, and we call them material consultants, they have just always leaned on that relationship. And they, which is still very important, but Mm -hmm. when somebody comes in and they're at a different design phase, maybe it's somebody they don't know, they need to interact with that person a little bit different. So really what we're thinking about is more of that customer interaction side, more than trying to necessarily drum up more leads. We actually get a lot of leads. I think it's more about like, how do you interact with them at the right time? 
I think people underestimate the value of technology tools and digital tools for lead generation because it's a great way to capture leads, right? And so I remember somebody not too long ago, Carly, tell me, oh, we got this great new tool on our website. You should go check it out. I'm like, great. I go to check it out and I can't see it until I give them my email address. Oh, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. capture, yeah. that that gateway, as I refer to it, is at the very beginning. I'm like, what do you mean it's at the beginning? You got to at least tease me with it. Let me go in half the way and see part of it before you make make me give you my email address. And then you, because the perception is when I give you my email address without asking for information, you're going to spam me. That's the perception, right? But in the case of you're letting them go in and do, when they get to the place of, I need samples, well, we can't send samples without your information. So absolutely, we need your information. That's very logical. That's also, again, tying directly to that customer experience. And it's making me have a great experience with your website, right? And so that's why I was asking, like, where are the captures? Because I've seen so many people do it bad. Don't make me give it to you first. Bring me in and get me. Because when I do fill out that form, I am telling you, I'm asking you to contact me. Yeah, you're totally right. You're, you're describing, I mean, I've, I've done this before, but describing kind of old school content marketing, right? Mm-hmm. You design this, this white paper or case study and somebody has put their information in before they can download it. And I, I still see it too. Though, as I think we have evolved though, where knowledge is really important and the more you help your customer be knowledgeable about the industry, about your product, about Sustainability is very important to us. Mm-hmm. We want to just keep leaning into that, regardless of whether it has to do with our company specifically. I think the more that you empower your customers, the more trust you build mm-hmm. and the more that they will come back to you when the project is right, right? When they feel like they can use three form. And so I, uh, I think that, or I'm hoping that, you know, we're evolving in the sort of digital marketing world where it's not this like, Oh, if you give me that, I'll give you this. And now Mm -hmm. I'm going to start hounding you. Like, you know, it's more, I think it's more effective and it's, it's more meaningful for the customer. It's a better like way to spend a rep's time is if somebody's at that right point time in their journey where they actually need a rep or they need something Mm -hmm. else and they want to move forward, you know? So as opposed to just, you know, capturing you and then throwing you into their email nurturing stream and yeah, their 10 day sequence and one email a day for every other day for 10 days. Yeah, that all the really, over and over again. <laughs> I mean, I understand the importance of it. I do get it, but I like the other side of it better where they're asking you and we're sending them. And I mean, for us as an example, we do have an email list. If anybody wants to sign up, they can just go to sidmeadows.com and click and join the email list. We have no campaigns. We don't send anybody on campaigns. We're very, very intentional about what we do. And when we are in season with a podcast, we send one email every other week. And it is about the episode with links to the episode. We highlight what we're talking about and who we talk about. And our open rates are off the charts. Like 60 plus percent of the people that we send to open the email and look at it and our click-through rate, meaning they're clicking the button or the link, which is directly to the website. Most people don't listen to the podcast on the website. That's about 5%. That's really great numbers. And it's all because we don't have a sequence. We don't spam. We're not trying to sell you every other day on something. So when we send something, it actually means something. And to me, that's what I like about emails. Now, I will fully admit I have joined 
knowingly signed up for something, knowing I'm going to get spammed or hit, but I'm doing it because I want to learn. I'm doing it because I want to see what it is somebody's doing and see if there's anything to take away to do or better yet to not do. Right. So I went down. Yeah. A rabbit and I think there. what you're describing is such a, a key part is authenticity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So you are probably organically growing your user base. You're continuing to connect with that user base because you're authentic. You're on brand. Mm-hmm. You've they're in your like ecosystem. I think so many times marketers spend so much time trying to get people outside their ecosystem in and then then their content's not resonating with the people that are currently in. Sure. So then you can you can just start, you know, pushing people out of both directions, but and all of this stuff is hard, right? It's it's there's a whole lot of strategies that can be deployed, Correct. right? And there's a ways you think about it. it depends on where your brand is, how well known it is, if you got to grow a customer base versus retain it. But I think authenticity no matter what is so key. And that kind of goes back to a lot of the platforms you use today. You have to be authentic. People will see through you so fast. Mm -hmm. And then that will put a bigger sort of stain on your brand than numerous other things. So it's, it's it's an interesting world, but I appreciate it. I'm excited for it. I think transparency, authenticity... You know, they kind of come across as buzzwords, but they're real. That's the real things you need to focus on. So kudos to you. It sounds like you're doing the right thing. (laughs) Well, thank you. But I think some of my biggest takeaways have been don't be afraid to go down a new path and to blaze a new trail. You, three form, took a huge risk saying we're closing this showroom. We're investing this style, these dollars into building a virtual experience. You're doing it. You're getting great feedback. And then you're saying, how else can we take our customers and specifiers on a digital journey with us to continue to bring them into our ecosystem that generates leads and opportunities for our reps, for our reps to contact them when it's important. So you're using the tools in the, in my opinion, in the right way to build your brand and grow your business. Yeah, I would like to think so. And I hope so. And I do think experimenting, like you said, is key. I think the more that you dive in today and understand the technologies available today, the better that you can be ready and poised for mm-hmm. success in the future. And like I mentioned many times, it's different for every brand. You got to really think about you know what you're trying to accomplish. But I- I've been excited. I know I've had the fortunate sort of aspect that 3Form is an innovative organization. So sure. that we've been willing to take risks. My boss as a CEO, when he's, even though he's a CFO by trade, he's actually willing to take risks a little more often. And so I'm excited for what these building blocks will create, but I'm also excited for what they'll bring to our customers today. Sure. 100%. So two questions. Do you think that as an industry, all aspects of our industry, so let's talk about reps, dealers, and other manufacturers, do you think that everyone should be considering the the use of a virtual tool like a virtual showroom? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think everyone has to think about what are they trying to accomplish? What do their customers want from them? Mm-hmm. I think for us, there was a pretty natural sort of strategy to say, okay, this makes sense for us and how we want to display our materials. I mentioned earlier, furniture companies, there's a there's a tangible part of maybe sitting in a chair. Or, you know, touching and feeling the furniture. And we can accomplish that through just samples, whereas a furniture company might not be able to. But what I would encourage is that people look at who their customers are, how they want to interact with them, and not just focus on what's made them successful in the past, 
We've got new generations coming up, you know, Gen Z moving in, which has always had technology at their fingertips, right? They've never so, been without it. Let's be clear. They've right. never not had it. That, and I think there's a really cool aspect of like, they're going to be able to teach us stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. I learn all the time from our social media manager who does our TikToks. Like she urged me to do my own TikTok the other day because I was like, well, I really need to learn. I... I'm such a lurker. And she was like, well, you need to make your own TikTok. So I did. And it was, it's a, it's a great like way to experiment yourself, right? And understand those platforms. So I, I would just stress really look at your own business, your own Mm -hmm. brand, where you are in your journey as a company and figure out like with the dollars that you have to spend, what's the biggest opportunity for customers. And then what's also going to set you up in the future. And it's not a one size fits all. There are so many different things you could do, different strategies, and what works for us is not necessarily going to work for someone else. Such a great response. On point, actually. Thank you for that. So my next question is, I want you to pull out your crystal ball a little bit and look into the future. And what else are you guys working on that you can tell us about as it relates to this digital journey that you're on? Leaving the mark, building a showroom, creating an awesome customer experience, capturing leads. What, do you, what are you going to What do you gonna try next? Like, What's going to be that next experiment you're going to work on? If you want to I tell think, us. Um, well, when it comes to virtual, I think we've, you know, we're just scratching the surface. I would mm-hmm. love to see a future where you could do a guided tour and a customer in a virtual setting can say, well, show me this partition in blue with some sort of linear pattern. And we could just switch it right there. And there'd be like, almost like a personal interaction in that virtual space. I would, I would love to see that. That's so kind of metaverse Ish. Yeah, metaverse, okay. but in a way where you're, you know, it's really um, personalized. And it's interactive, a one-to-one right? You've got journey, a real person right? you're talking to. Exactly. I'd love to see that. I think on the, I, I you know, I, I'd love to see uh, as a participant in Neocon. And I think there's different ways that, mm-hmm. you know, a company like ourselves should be thinking about where we could partner with different furniture manufacturers or carpet manufacturers. We don't supply those goods, right? So we mm-hmm. are designers are looking at those those spaces holistically. And so if we can show them, um, whether it be in person, like whether it be a traditional showroom um, or virtually, if we can mm-hmm. show them how all of these different components come together to create a space, that becomes a one-stop shop for a designer, you know, and makes it easier for them. And then they can show that to their end user, which they have to sell, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's different opportunities in both the sort of virtual space, but also in person and really leveraging. And then and then there's crossover, right? What do mm-hmm. they experience in person or virtually that then they can experience on the flip side, right? Sure. So I think there's a lot of really great opportunities that I'd like to explore and find some willing partners to go down that path with me. And, but that's, you know, only what I can imagine today, like mm-hmm. web three and metaverse, you know, you never yeah. know how that might evolve. And I just want to like stay on top of learning and understanding so that we can be ready to. I'm sure some of the listeners are going, what is the metaverse and what is Web3? <laughs> Maybe later we'll dive into that. But I think, you know, Carly, what you just hit on was a word that I think is really important, which is collaboration. And I believe as an industry, we need to be collaborating more. And yes, we do have competitors, but I like to use that term coopetition. Like how can we help each other? And that helps the industry move forward. It helps us all win more business. So uh, I love collaborations. I'm in a couple myself and, you know, co-opetition, I think is really, really important. 
You guys are on the move. I am excited to watch this journey, be connected with you to see what you guys do next. And I really appreciate you being here today, sharing the story of your virtual showroom, why you're doing it, your digital adventure, and how you're experimenting to uh, grow your business. So thank you so much for sharing your insights with our community today. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been super fun. I feel like we could talk about this topic forever. Yes, we could. Um, But I really appreciate the opportunity to be on and, and chat with you today. Well, I was excited when Jennifer reached out and said, hey, we're doing something new. You should get Carly on your show. And I'm like, it's digital something. Let's do it because I love talking about new ways to help move our industry forward. So Carly, thank you again. If our community would like to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? So my email, carly.slocum at threeform.com and then also at LinkedIn, which is just at carly.slocum. That's awesome. We'll be sure to drop both of those links in the show notes for you. Remember, if you do reach out to her, please let her know that you heard her here on the Trend Report. And that's why you're reaching out to say, hey, and uh, go out there and make it a great day. We look forward to seeing you again in a couple of weeks. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Trend Report podcast. I'm glad that you're here. And I hope that you got some amazing value out of today's conversation. For more about our podcast and this episode and our other episodes, please visit my website at sidmeadows.com. We look forward to seeing you next week and go out there and make today great.